community groups receive €134,206 under Enhancement. Article by Michael Tracy. Carlo community groups received €134,206 as part of funding under the Community Enhancement Programme. 81 local groups were among those named by Minister for Rural and Community Development, Heather Humphreys, and Minister of State with Responsibility for Community Development and Charities, Joe O'Brien, as successful projects in Carlow under the 2021 Community Enhancement Programme. The programme was launched in May, with funding of €4.5 million Euro to provide small grants to local community groups across the country. Carlow received an allocation of €134,206 from the department under the programme. The key theme of this year's programme is supporting groups as they reopen facilities that have been closed due to COVID-19. These could include facilities such as community centres, men's and women's sheds, parish halls and youth centres. Announcing the successful projects for Carlow, Minister Humphreys said... I am delighted to announce funding for 81 local projects across County Carlow as part of my department's Community Enhancement Programme. Through Our Rural Future, I want to support locally-led, ground-up projects in local communities across the country. While these grants are small in nature, they can make a big difference by allowing local community organisations to carry out much-needed works in their area. I want to thank the Local Community Development Committee and the local authority in Carlow who administer the Community Enhancement Programme on behalf of my department. Also announcing the successful projects, Minister O'Brien said, The Community Enhancement Programme provides a range of invaluable small grants to help the smaller community groups and facilities that support communities at a grassroots level. I know that this funding is an important tool in helping these groups and we were especially conscious this year given the impact of COVID-19 that many groups would need support to help them reopen and get back up and running fully. I want to congratulate the successful projects and to thank them for the vital work they do in providing services in their local communities. Nurse walks 100 miles to help former patient. Article by Carmel Hayes A Port Leash ICU nurse is walking 100 miles to help a former patient who almost died from COVID-19. Gerard Hosey looked after Gerard Jack McHugh in Port Leash Hospital's intensive care unit where he was on life support before he was transferred for specialist care to the Matter Hospital Dublin last April. Overwhelmed by the wonderful care his former patient is receiving in the matter, the kind-hearted nurse decided to step forward in a fundraising 100-mile walk for the Dublin Hospital. Despite his long and challenging hours caring for seriously ill patients in ICU, Gerard is doing regular walks with his wife Liz to reach his target of €1,500. By the middle of last week he had completed 27 miles and raised almost €1,000. On his GoFundMe page, 100 Miles for the Matter Foundation, the Carlo resident says, I'm doing the 100 Miles for the Matter Foundation as a thank you for the work and care the hospital has given to a young man I looked after in Port Leash ICU who suffered badly with COVID-19. Thankfully, he is on the road to recovery. Please show me your support by donating what you can. 
People can donate on the GoFundMe page 100 miles for the matter foundation forward slash Gerard Hosey. One supporter commented, Gerard is an outstanding nurse. We were very lucky with the care our dad received from him years ago in St. James's Hospital. I firmly believe that without his care and attention to daddy, we wouldn't have had a happy outcome. Thank you, Gerard, and may God continue to bless you in your work. You are a truly amazing nurse. Godfrey's Gospel According to Michael Godfrey It always pays to read the small print. It always pays to read the small print, or so I'm told. The reality is, I never do that, and another reality is, I always end up paying for not having done so. Not big money, mind you, because I wouldn't have it, but extra money all the same. I have great respect for Unpust and everyone involved in the delivery of mail and parcels. Where would we have been over the past 18 months without such dedicated people? So what I'm going to highlight is not a reflection on any of those wonderful people. It's just another fact of life that, thanks to Brexit, we all have to get used to. Being the efficient organisation that Unpust is, no doubt, like me, you received a leaflet recently highlighting the fact that because of Brexit there will be some changes, and charges, to items arriving from the UK. Like I said, I don't read the small print, so I just glanced at it, thought, OK, that might have some relevance at some time, but quickly threw the leaflet in the recycling bin and thought no more about it. That's until I received an email from Unpust last week, informing me that an item I had ordered was in their possession, but unless I paid duty on it, the item would be returned to the sender. At first glance I thought this was another dodgy email from someone looking to get at my bank details, not that it would do them much good, but on investigation I found that it was the real deal and something I needed to attend to. The email was in relation to a spare part I had ordered online about six weeks ago. The item in question cost me €7.25, and to be truthful, I don't know if it is even the correct part I needed for my cooker, but at that price I was willing to take a chance. Let me preface that remark by also emphasising that I never had any intention of trying to fit the part myself. Anyone who knows me will testify that you do not want me trying any DIY unless you want the builders to arrive afterwards. My wife made that discovery many years ago when I attempted to do some tiling. The job consisted of covering a small, and I mean really small, area around a corner. Naturally, I presumed I had to file off the corner of a tile to complete the job. After breaking countless boxes of tiles and wearing out the top step of the stairs as I filed the tiles, I eventually gave up and got a friend to do the job. He arrived, I pointed out the problem and then walked downstairs. Two minutes later he was behind me, job done, and both my wife and I knew my career as a DIY specialist had come to an end. But back to the item I ordered. As I said, it wasn't expensive at €7.25, but for it to be delivered to me I had to pay on post a further €1.66 VAT and €3.50 handling fee. Again, not something that would break the bank, but definitely something that would make you sit up and think. Just imagine if the purchase price had been a lot more than the €7.25 in question, 
and with businesses reporting inordinate delays in the supply chain as a result of COVID and Brexit, the tendency will be for shoppers to go online to see if they can get an item quicker than from the retailer. If that is the case, you had better read the small print. Make sure the item is not subject to any Brexit added taxes, otherwise you will receive an email from Unpost, which may end up costing an awful lot more than the €5.16 I had to pay. Making that bargain you thought you had sourced, nothing but another overpriced headache. Time to think with Father Paddy Byrne. Olympians proof that nothing's impossible. Wilma Rudolph is the absolute proof that nothing is impossible. Born prematurely in a family of 21 children with little to no resources to sustain a professional sports career, Wilma had to face even bigger challenges when she was stricken with polio. Not to mention this was the 1950s which made things even more complicated. But she had a fire burning inside her, an unstoppable strength, that nothing, not even polio or social barriers, could ever stop her. The triumph can't be had without the struggle, Wilma Rudolph. By the time she was 12, she had overcome polio, started to walk again to her doctor's surprise, and took up athletics. Eight years later, she was already an Olympic champion. Wilma defied all odds and won three gold medals at the Summer Olympics in Rome in 1960. Kelly Harrington wanted to put a smile on the nation's face, and she did. Her interviews were honest and very real. There was nothing robotic and artificial. She was lovely. She also remembered everyone, her family and neighbours, her workmates and her training team. We couldn't help but break into a smile. It wasn't the colour of the medal, but rather the authenticity of the voice. I have no doubt her resilience, courage and humility will be an inspiration for future generations. The Olympics has concluded and soon we welcome the Paralympics. That they happen at all is quite a miracle. It is a celebration of commitment and persistence. I read a few days ago of the work of many of the athletes' families. The energy and cost and stamina are most impressive. These families are an example of greatness. The fine-tuning of the skills by the athletes is admirable, but it highlights too that we are all Olympians. We arrive from God. We are loved into life. We are challenged to be the best we can be. We are unique. We have something different to offer life. There is no room for the moaners and the groaners. We are called to bring colour and light to the world. Laughter, artistry, beauty, wonder, miracle. Everyone has that within. Watching the Olympics is a highlight every few years. Maybe you're like me, captivated by athletes at the peak of physical excellence, giving their all to win a medal and make their countries proud. What we are seeing this summer is the result of many years of athletes' total dedication to their chosen sport. At this level, training is a full-time job and athletes rearrange their lives to accommodate it. They move to where the best training facilities are. They follow special diets. They wear appropriate gear. They religiously follow their coaches' orders and they put up with the pain and strain of rigorous practice. Olympic athletes' entire lives narrow to the single objective of going for gold. This makes me wonder, should we as Christians be any less committed in our pursuit of Jesus? In the New Testament, the Apostle Paul, who surely knew about the ancient games in Olympia, Greece, compares following Christ to a race several times. 
1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 24 to 27, reads like an athletic playbook. Do you not know that in a race all the runners run, but only one gets the prize? Run in such a way as to get the prize. Everyone who competes in the games goes into strict training. They do it to get a crown that will not last, but we do it to get a crown that will last forever. Therefore, I do not run like someone running aimlessly. I do not fight like a boxer beating the air. No, I strike a blow to my body and make it my slave so that after I have preached to others, I myself will not be disqualified for the prize. The following prayer brings rich blessings on all involved in the Special Olympics we all look forward to. Special Olympics Opening Prayer As we begin this day of friendly competition, let us take a moment to pray. Lord, watch over our athletes today. Give them courage and confidence to do their best. Fill them with a spirit of fair play. Make them gracious in winning. Make them brave and proud in their attempts. Give them the joy of your kingdom, where everyone's gifts are honoured and celebrated. Keep them safe and strong under your protective care. We ask you this in the name of Jesus the Lord. Amen.